and welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is Sarah Hardunger, and this is the podcast where we talk all things planning, organizing, prioritizing, and more. And I have a special treat for you today. Typically, I do interview episodes about once a month, but I had the opportunity to interview Lisa Woodruff from Organize 365, and I was not going to say no to that. I love Lisa Woodruff's work. I reference it all the time. She does not ask me to do this. I just tend to have her ideas come up all the time in different scenarios. I've talked, uh, I've used her work when talking about the answer to the listener question who had a bunch of projects strewn around her desk. And I said, oh, you need a work box. I've talked about her when it comes to financial organizing on just last week's episode. And I hear her voice in my head kind of a lot of the time. So I am thrilled to have her on the show. As always, you can find links to more of her stuff in my show notes, or you can also check out her stuff at Organize365.com. And yeah, I'm just so excited for you to hear this interview and this episode. So enjoy. I am so excited to welcome Lisa Woodruff to the Best Laid Plans podcast. I have to admit, as I was conceiving of this podcast and thinking of the ideal guests that I would like to have on, Lisa instantly came to mind. She was a prior guest on Best of Both Worlds, one of my favorite episodes we did in the beginning of 2019, I believe, with Laura Vanderkam and I. And I've been following her prior to that and ever since because... You guys, this woman is just like the ideas maven. Like they just keep coming. There are so many of them. Do every single one of them apply to me? No, but it doesn't matter because they keep coming and so many of them do or they'll like lead me to another idea. So I'm going to stop talking now and let Lisa introduce yourself and we're going to just go through some of her highlights. Oh my goodness, Sarah. I am so excited to be on your podcast. I obviously love all of the podcasts that you are doing. You and Laura, I love you guys. That's funny that you mentioned about the ideas because I used to introduce myself as a professional head spinner because basically when you, I could talk about so many diverse topics. You put me in any room, like drop me into some place. I will start conversations. I just will. And I pull from so many different areas that I make synergies where they don't exist. And then I leave the room and people will call me days later and they will say, okay, I was still thinking about the conversation we had. Can we revisit that? Like I just drop in. I give you all these ideas, and then your head is just spinning for days, and I love that. (laughs) Well, I hope everybody's head is spinning (laughs) after this episode. That is awesome. Well, you're very modest, but introduce yourself and tell everybody what you do and the amazing company that you run. (laughs) So nine years ago, I started Organize 365. I was turning uh, 40, and I was like, it's time for me to start the company. I've always wanted to start. I had no idea what that would be, but I knew it would be organization-related. I'm a teacher by trade, and I'm a questioner on Gretchen Rubin's scale, so I'm always questioning everything. And what I really desire to do is make, especially women, look at their role in the home differently, like not based on what they've seen on TV or seen growing up or what they perceive that their family and friends are doing, but truly, what do you desire and want, and how do you get to self-actualization at home is truly my goal, is to have you spend less time doing housework and things that really, at the end of the day, you're not going to remember that you did, so that you have more time to go out and do what you were uniquely created to do. So that's what Organize 365 does, is we help you think differently about your home, we help you get it organized once and for all, and make organization a skill that you have and in maintenance, so that you can have more time to do things that you can do and no one else can do. I love it. It's like getting that foundation Mm -hmm. to run smoothly so that you no longer have to focus on it. That is amazing. 
One of the first ideas that I learned about from you that resonated with me is the idea of seasons. And a lot of people talk about seasons, but you have two ways that you talk about them, seasons of the year and also seasons of life. Can you give the listeners a little taste of, of those ideas? Yes. So seasons of the year, as a business person, you plan in quarters. But what I realized is that humans plan in trimesters and you have quintiles. (laughs) So it's similar to how you think, but there are three different times per year where you naturally want to get organized. And those are January 1st, right before summer and right at the end of summer. And there's just this natural energy where in May or you know what it's like Labor Day weekend, like everything gets cleared out, right? Between Christmas and New Year's, everything gets cleared out. It's just a natural energy season. And once I realized those, I just kind of capitalized on that. Like if you're naturally going to want to get organized at those times, I'll help you take that energy a little bit further in so you can make progress. So those are the three times when we naturally want to reorganize. I actually would buy planners three times a year because I always wanted a new one at the beginning of each new season. And then seasons of life. Like, so there's childhood, There's accumulation, which is your 20s and 30s. Like, just try everything. Say yes to everything. Get all the things. And then in your 40s and 50s, you're like, okay, I'm going to keep these things. I'm going to refine and let go of those things. And in some of those things, it's jobs and where you're living and roles inside of organizations. And you let go of things more than just stuff. At 55 to 60 plus is your season of legacy. Like, what do I want to pass on to the next generation? What do I want to do that will be lasting after I'm gone? I love that. And I love that you always, you mentioned that there are times in your life, particularly those young kid years, which not all of our listeners are in. We actually have a diverse array of listeners of this show, but some of them are. And you're like, you guys get a break. Yes. (laughs) And I love that. And in fact, that is what told me that um, I'm doing your 100 day program, but I'm like, I'm going to do it in 365 days because there's no rule that it has to be 100. And I think in the season of life that I'm in, that would be a huge win. And I just also realized that your three things are actually completely in line with the quintiles. I just added two other, you know, milestones. Yeah, you broke it in half to make it run in there. (laughs) Yeah, so interesting. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so those are the seasons that both highly resonated with me. The second thing that has resonated with probably many people, and you had a book come out around this topic, is your philosophy about paper organization. I know there's a whole book's worth of material on this, so obviously you can't cover it all, but give us a top-down view of how you see paper. Yeah, so the book is called The Paper Solution, came out in the summer of 2020. And basically, you know, I'm 49, almost 49. And so I was a child in the 80s and 90s, and computers were coming online, and we were promised we were going to live in a paperless society. And then Marie Kondo got really, really popular. And she says you should just have like two little tiny file folders and everything else should be gone. And unfortunately, many Americans just started getting rid of all of their paper. Well, America is a paper-based society. Like we have paper that is necessary. Yes, our medical is digitized, but no, not all of the notes are digitized and they're not shared between different medical facilities. And they're like, I was just talking with a coworker whose child had a seizure and almost died. And she was going back 10 years into texts to find out when they may have had that before. Like that documentation, written down documentation is really, really important. And so while we are not going to have all the paper that our grandparents had, we are not going to be extremely paperless in the United States either. What is the 20% of paper that your household needs and that you can hold on to and maintain versus keeping it all or trying to get rid of it all? Let's get a middle ground. 
I do think we can ditch the filing cabinet and replace it with four binders. So we're portable. If there's a hurricane, if there's a fire, you can leave. But yeah, it's kind of that balance between what do you need and what don't you need and how do you figure out what that is? Yes. And it is so true as somebody who works on the other side of the medical thing, getting people's records is so much harder than it should be. And when a Mm -hmm. patient walks in with a folder, I'm always like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And actually, some patients are tempted not to. And they're like, I have all the labs on my phone. And I'm like, oh, my God, it is. Trust me, bring the paper. We love the paper in that Mm -hmm. particular context. And if it's in a binder and organized, all the better. Yeah, all the medical community loves me. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. And I read the paper organizing solution and I thought it was just so practical. And if you have a dysfunctional filing cabinet in your home, this is like the best thing you can start with. Definitely. Thank you. We're going to take a very brief ad break, and then we have lots more fun stuff to talk about. I'm so excited to welcome the Literacy Teacher's Life as our newest Best Laid Plan sponsor. Teaching reading and writing to children is more than following a lockstep progression or list of predetermined activities and strategies. Instead, teaching children to read and write is complex and requires teachers to be systematic in their thinking so that children learn to problem-solve, decode, and make meaning. If you are a new or graduating educator trying to navigate the literacy classroom, a veteran teacher looking for new ideas, or a parent trying to support your child with reading and writing, look no further than The Literacy Teacher's Life. The Literacy Teacher's Life is a website and blog that supports upcoming and current educators. It provides weekly tips and tricks for creative strategies and powerful practices for the students, as well as suggestions for navigating the job market and for making life's puzzle pieces fit together. Created by Elizabeth Morphis, a professor of childhood education and literacy and the coordinator of the Literacy Education Graduate Program at the State University of New York at Old Westbury, located outside of New York City, Elizabeth earned her doctorate in literacy education from Teachers College, Columbia University. So if you are looking for evidence-based literacy practices to support students with skills such as fluency, reading comprehension, or student-directed writing, subscribe to the Literacy Teacher's Life today. Visit The Literacy Teacher's Life at www.theliteracyteacherslife.com. Okay, so Lisa, what one of the things you are known for and that your company is known for is your organization of things and households. Can you talk about your 100-day program and also about how organizing sort of evolves? Because a lot of people mm-hmm. think it's like one and done. And I think they think the same thing about planning, but actually there are like multiple kind of levels and stages that you have seen people go through again and again and again. So tell everybody about that. Yes, that's so great because we do think it's like, I don't know, losing weight, you're going to lose the 10 pounds and then you're done. Well, you know that if you don't maintain it, that's not going to be true. And to truly get to your ideal size, whatever that is, you have to change your mindset. You have to change your habits. That's what the 100-day program does for you. So I was an in-home professional organizer. I could go in in a week and totally rehab your house. It cost $5,000. I was teaching people locally how to do it. And that's when I realized there were different stages of life. Like in the same American home, Like you can live in the same home for 40 years. I've lived in mine for almost 30. And I went through childhood accumulation. I'm in the middle of survival and I'm quickly headed towards downsizing and legacy in the same house. But the organization you need in those different phases are different. Like it's not a container that solves the problem. It's how are you using your house? And with the pandemic, we're all using our houses differently than we thought we would. So how are you using your house? What solution do you need 
for this house to function for you right now. And then I teach you the skill of organizing. So as a teacher, I realized that my clients would say, we don't need you to come back. And I thought they ran out of money. And the truth was, they had finished the job on their own. And they said, no, we watched what you were doing, and now we could do it on our own. And as soon as I realized that three years into the, pod- into the blog, when I started the podcast, I said, oh, game on. If this is a learnable skill, I will question myself to death to figure out how to teach everybody in every stage of life with every neurotypical diversity to learn the skill of organizing. Once you learn it, then you can pivot, you can adapt to the pandemic, you can adapt to another child, you can adapt to moving once you understand the basics of organizing. So the 100-day program is a lifetime program, so there's no pressure to get it done right away. And I break your house into 115-minute tasks. Now, some of them will take you an hour because you might have 18 purses. I have one. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane, and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick, and what I'm hoping to wear all season, is the Callan dress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly, air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P-L-A-N-S, at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50 at factormeals.com slash plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
You might have 100 shoes. I have 21. There are things that I have a lot of, like puzzles, <laughs> that you might have none of. So each day, it may take you 15 minutes, it may take you 30 minutes, but I'm teaching you something as we go through that. I'm teaching you how to organize a silverware drawer is like organizing any drawer in any space in your house. And once you learn why a silverware drawer works, then you're like, oh, okay, I know how to do my nightstand. I know how to do my dresser drawer. It's learning the skills slowly over the course of 100 days. There's also the comfort to knowing, well, the lifetime, I think, is so comforting, first of all, because, and I know I sound like a commercial, but I really just think this is this is a huge part of it because many of us are living these very busy lives. And mm -hmm. if I had to sign up for a program where I know I had to get it done within some time frame and then it was going to go away or that I could only do once mm -hmm. and then that was it, I don't think I would find it that value. But the value to me is the flexibility and then you have like different levels that you achieve. Like the first yeah. time you go through the program, it's really focused on decluttering, mm -hmm. which many of us need to do. And then the second one it is, is organizing. organizing. Yep. And then the third one is about like reaching a higher level of productivity. Can yep. you talk a little bit about what you've seen? Maybe some case studies? Yes. So let's just take your closet because everybody has tried to organize their closet at some point and no one is ever satisfied with their closet, right? Like your personal closet. So you go in there with black bags and you get rid of as much as you possibly can. That's decluttering. When you go through it and you're going to organize, now's when maybe you try to organize your shirts by season, by color, by sleeve length, and you declutter a little bit more. When you get to increase productivity, that's when you walk in your closet and you know that you literally could put on anything that's in there and you're going to feel great walking back out. Sunday night, you might pick out your clothes again for the week like you did as a child when you thought that was a child thing. No, that's a productivity thing. Bring that back, please. When you get home from a trip and the shoes just didn't feel well, you throw them away even if they were 90 bucks because you know you're never going to want to wear them again and it's not worth having them in there and the guilt and the stress of the $90 even though they hurt your feet. Just get rid of the shoes. And you move on to where literally you love everything's in your closet, but you know it's a lot less than used to be in there. It's not minimalistic. I'm not saying it's a certain number of items, but everything in there you love and you use. And it's a continual ongoing process because within five years, your style will change. You got to keep going through this decluttering, organizing productivity process, but you spend more and more times in the later and later stages as you go on. You know, I just had a, I just had an interesting, because you mentioned Gretchen Rubin and Questioner and how yeah. you've developed this program. And I know many of the listeners are familiar with the different uh, personality subtypes. Do you find there's a certain subtype that resonates more <laughs> or do people just have different styles? Because I just like it occurred to me that I'm an upholder and I have like no interest in any of the like accountability groups because I'm like, I don't need that. Like, yeah. whereas I think like an obliger would be like, oh, that is yes. the most important part of the program. Yes. So Enneagrams also. So we have done a lot of testing and it is obligers and upholders. The upholders love the, okay, there's an actionable, we can get through this. We have lifetime access and they plow through it in a year and, you know, they check it off the box. And obligers just are like, oh, please tell me again that if I have a child under the age of five, I'm allowed to take a nap. Please tell me again that it is okay that my mother-in-law is not judging me the way I think she is judging me. Please tell me again. Like, they just want me to, like, repeat things over and over and over again. And then for the Enneagram, we have a lot of twos, uh, ones, twos, sixes, nines. Nine, one, two, and sixes. Tons of them. And I'm okay, a well, three the or one, an the eight, one makes depending sense. on which. But, yeah. That is They're all the relational people. 
Like trying, they are putting their family before themselves. And I do this too. They feel guilty when they take a hot bath. Like they feel guilty if they read a book for 30 minutes. Like surely there's something I should be doing around here that is not reading a book. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Well, I'm a three and I have no guilt and that's okay. (laughs) That is okay. All right. I love it. Okay. Well, you can check out the 100 day program on her site. And I think there's like a free week access that you offer. Try the laundry room for free. Yes. People can see what that is like. The fourth dimension I wanted you to delve into is the organizing of time, which I feel Mm. like you have gotten more into with some of your recent discussions on routines. And if you're interested in, uh, you know, Lisa has an amazing podcast called Organize 365. I listen to it every episode. And some of the most fascinating recent episodes have been on like her routines and how she's thought through them and the revamping of them. So give us a little taste of that. Yeah, I think that's why I love Laura Vanderkam is because like, she always has like all the research behind the time. I just have the intuitive knowledge behind the time. I love that everybody says that time is the thing you can't get more of. You can't buy time. And what I've realized is it's a lie. That time is something you can buy. You can definitely buy by getting a housekeeper, things like that. That's the way I always thought that you could buy time. But now that we've had 3,000 people go through the 100-day program, what we're finding is that you get time from being organized. Organization always gives you time. Planning always gives you time, right? Planning is productivity. If you're struggling with planning and your planner and all of that, it may be because you don't have the organizational systems below that. If you're not organized and you try to plan and then your day gets derailed because of your disorganization, you lose productivity from planning. doesn't matter how much you plan, you just don't get as far as fast. So you have to declutter, then organize, then increase productivity. But organization always gives you time. So the Sunday basket, which we have, has been proven to give you five extra hours every single week if you do the 90-minute planning session that we have on Sunday that involves all kinds of things. You get time from planning. You get time from organizing. And then the other thing that I say about time is that we often will say, I'm going to save this money by doing this thing. And there's a really big relation between time and money. So yes, you can save money by doing all your own laundry and it won't cost you $40 to drop it off at the dry cleaner, but you lose half a day on Saturday. So do you want $40 or do you want half a day on Saturday? And we are so bent on, especially women, using the coupon, making it from scratch, saving the the money that we lose all of the time. And if you could start to making it more equivocal, which do I want here right now today? Do I want the time or do I want the money? Do I want the time or do I want the money? And you can get either. You can get more time and you can get more money. You just have to think about it. Yes. And analyzing not through the lens of what have we always done or some right. sort of mystical ideal, but actually what we want. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. That is that is deep. <laughs> so yes, for more on time and buying time and creating time by planning. And I think I do, I do want to delve even more into the Sunday basket because I think it's bringing things from reactive to proactive yes. that often just saves like 15 steps in the process. And guess what? You get that time dividend back in which you can do something, maybe something that earns money that can then buy you more time. And I, it's like a cycle. So that's Awesome. Yeah. Now, the Sunday basket, I think it was the last, maybe it was last week's episode or two weeks ago, I had somebody write in with a question and they're a scientist and they were like, I have five research projects going on at once and they're all over my desk and they're all in different steps and I can't keep track of where they are. And can you recommend a paper planner to corral all of those? And I was like, oh, no, no, you need a Sunday (laughs) basket. So I actually think like the Sunday basket hasn't even 
And mm-hmm. I've always had my own version of a Sunday basket, like before I heard of what a Sunday basket is, but I never put it into any kind of like thought. Yeah. I think the concept of that actually has an even much broader mm-hmm. application and it's already broad and broadening because I know you have like different themes and stuff, but um, tell our listeners what that is so that they can kind of have that idea as well. And you can actually buy a physical Sunday basket. I'm actually looking at Lisa's beautiful one in the background as we're speaking. And you can also learn about the techniques of how to create your own type of basket in her book in addition. So explain what that is and the processes that go with that. Yeah. So like I told you, we get to planning because I love to plan. And then we find out that our life falls apart and we can't do what we planned because we aren't organized. Well, the Sunday basket is the organizational step before you plan your week. So it is literally a physical box that you put on your kitchen counter and it holds all your mail, but more importantly, your brain. So I teach you to write every single thing that you think on an index card, on a scrap of paper, and to put it in the Sunday basket and ask yourself this one question, can it wait until Sunday? And if it can wait until Sunday, it must wait until Sunday because we're doing too much. The reason you've never gotten your to-do list done is because you physically can't. Like, I don't care how much money or time you have, you still can't get it done. Like, you just can't get it done. So we need to write all these ideas down, put our mail there, put our bills, go through our text messages, all that stuff, and put it in the Sunday basket. And then during your planning time, you're planning out your week, but you're looking at all these notes that you've written yourself. And having written it down does two things. One, you don't forget as many things. But two, it makes the idea less emotional and more actionable. And you could just move all these pieces of paper around. You can also make piles like these are all things I need to buy. These are all things I need to do. These are all things I want to read. And then we put those into different slash pockets. And slash pockets organize all the ongoing projects you have in your home. Where do you organize this stuff? Like you do it in your bullet journaling, I know. And you know you have these lists. It's kind of like your lists, all the supporting documentation that go with your lists. So I have, you know, slash pockets will have like all the things that I want to put in memorabilia binders or things I want to talk to my kids about because they are hashtag adulting and I don't always see them all of the time. And the Sunday basket is where you hold all that. And then on Sunday, you go through everything, you pay the bills, you plan your week, you do everything you possibly can. And then you look at what's left and you decide how much of that you can actually get done this week. You do not have a to-do list. You pull from the Sunday basket. You get to choose what you want to put on your plate Monday through Friday as actionable to-dos that you're going to do. And let's say you get to Thursday, you're all done. It's not going to happen. But anyways, let's say you are. You can go back to the Sunday basket and pull out another task. Or if you get overwhelmed and you realize I pulled out too many, you could just dump it back in the Sunday basket. It will be safe there until you get there next week. I feel like it, like that's the Sunday version. And then you could also have like a Wednesday version that's for your work projects. Yeah. And you could have the Friday Friday version that's for your, yeah. Oh yeah. So you do actually have an (laughs) actual version. So yeah, that's where the research project is. It's such a versatile (laughs) concept. And it also, um, it gives respect to the fact that we still do have these like tangible Mm -hmm. physical manifestations of so many of our to-do items and what generally happens to them, they end up like in a pile and then they're sort of stressing Mm -hmm. you out in the background. And so this brings it to the forefront in an organized way and kind of forces you to proactively plan what you'd like to do. And it also allows you to not forget about things that otherwise would have been buried because there's this intentional, intentional, like stepwise process of going through it. So I just think it's genius and needs to be more widespread adapted (laughs) into different contexts. (laughs) And I just think it's great. 
Okay, the last thing I wanted to talk about, and guys, we are really honestly scratching the surface. I mean, I enjoy listening to Lisa talk about her puzzles and her history reading and just all things outside the context of planning, because I think actually she's a great lesson in once you have all your ducks in a row that you have time to explore all these interesting things and do all this learning. And one thing that she has been doing a little bit more of is getting into the realm of connection and support. In addition to actually, I want you to also talk a little bit about your like household data stuff that you're looking at Oh yeah, more recently. But you have an annual virtual conference for women um, where they kind of work through some of these things together. Like how did that come about? And what do you imagine doing with that in the future? Oh, yes. So this is our Embrace conference. This will be our fourth one. The first two were in person. These next two are virtual. And I am, I don't know, if you do the strengths finder, my number one is learner. Like I love to learn. I love to go to conferences. I love to discuss big ideas. Like I just love it. And so it's kind of like a self-development conference, but it's for homeowners, but you can be a renter. It's definitely women. And we go to this conference and it is a longer time for me to basically give you a two-day long podcast where I get to curate an experience for you. So we start in the morning and I start with some big idea, like the very first one I ever did. I say like, okay, I want you to think about the TV shows that you watched growing up and who did you model your life after? And I found that I had modeled my entire life after Alice on the Brady Bunch. Alice was the housekeeper, people. I didn't even realize she was a housekeeper. I thought she was the mom. I modeled my entire life after a housekeeper. What did Carol <laughs> Brady do anyway? Like, I don't even know what she did. No one knows. She was always like coming home from right. stuff. Somewhere. <laughs> Where was she? What was she doing? And so I think that we unconsciously run our lives at home and we have these expectations for ourselves at home that are unrealistic. I tell stories about my husband, about my mom, about my family that I don't necessarily want recorded forever on a podcast that anybody can listen to. So I share some stories in person that I wouldn't necessarily share in a public format like a podcast. And I share a story and I always have a song that goes along with it while you do some journaling. And then we get in small groups and we discuss that with the people at your table. We still do that virtually. And then we have reactions publicly. And then I go into the next one and I'm a teacher. So I'm just leading you through this like lesson plan that I'm doing to help you kind of come to your own conclusions about what do you want to declutter? What do you want to organize? And what do you want to increase productivity on in your life? What do you want? Like you can have anything you want. That's what your parents always told you. And then you all of a sudden got a house and a job and all these other things. And then you feel like your options are limited and they're not, they're limitless. So let's dream again. And by the end of the weekend, then I want you to say, okay, realistically in the next 365 days, what do you want? What do you need to let go of in order for that to happen? And how will that work in your family? It's all internal work. Like it's all internal work that you do inside. And so we do that in Cincinnati, Ohio, but this year it's going to be virtually. And this year I will be sharing the state of the American home as my keynote. And that's based on the research we're doing. So we are working with a, a third party to do a research study that will be completely correctly done, whatever that is. But, oh my gosh, the Organized 365 audience is amazing. And I just knew in December that everybody that I needed to move forward would already be listening to the podcast. And so I threw out podcast episode 365 as my three-year vivid vision. Oh my gosh, the people that reached out after that. And one of those is Sarah Dyson, and she is an academic researcher. And so she is going to write, I think we have scheduled four or five literature reviews 
and four academic journals that she's going to write based off of this study and additional studies that we're going to do and move into 2022 and how does the home organization impact ADHD. And yeah, we're moving into a research company because I know intuitively I'm right, but until we can prove it in stats, big media and and academics are like, yeah, that's cute. She's got a podcast. That's adorable. She has a book. But when I could show you that I know statistically what I'm saying is accurate, then we can really solve that problem. We can really get gender equity at home and we can define what it is today. Oh, my goodness. Well, once that is out, you have to <laughs> promise that you will be on Best of Both Worlds again. Yes. Because clearly <laughs> that will need to be shared with that audience as well. That is so exciting. And I bet you'll learn some things, too. You'll probably prove mm -hmm. what you already know. And as science tends to do, uncover some shocking new secrets. So yeah. I that is so cool that that is the next step in your company. And it fits. It's visionary and it's smart. And I love it. Oh, my gosh, I could talk for like five hours, but this is not a five hour <laughs> podcast. So we won't. <laughs> Lisa, tell everybody where to find you. I'm organized 365 everywhere. I can't I'm very candid on Instagram. I show you the behind the scenes of my life. That's my favorite place to be. And then I have at least four, sometimes five podcast episodes a week. So head on over to Organize 365. If you liked this conversation, you might like that. Absolutely. There is so much to learn from Lisa. Thank you so much for coming on. This was wonderful. Thank you. Ah, well, that was so much fun. I love talking to Lisa and I feel like I learn so much from her every single time. So don't forget to check out your stuff and feel free to share if you've ever used Organized 365's routines or 100-day program or their paper solution to tame your filing cabinet. I would be very interested to hear about that. Now, remember, as always, there will be more links and pictures and everything in my show notes at theshoebox.com and you can send me an audio question via the speak pipe icon so please keep those coming i've gotten a few but i'd love to have a few more maybe i can have an all audio question episode that would be really really fun so do that uh, via the show notes page or you can also find me as always on instagram at the underscore shoebox This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.